that being said, we're going to jump right into the word here. Uh, and we're still teaching on kingdom principles, kingdom principles. And let's have a word of prayer and ask God to speak to our heart here today that we may walk out of here greater than what we walked in here. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come before you now believing and trusting in you. We know that you're able to do all things. And I pray, Lord, that you will move upon our hearts right now, move upon our minds. Help us, Lord God. Uh, that we will do the things necessary to be disciplined, do the things necessary to draw closer to you. We know we live in a world that's drawing further away from you, but the church should have a desire to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody say amen. Amen and amen. Amen. So I want to build some foundation here of where we're going. The young people did such a wonderful job of leading us in worship. Uh, they were singing such a, a beautiful song there as far as I give myself away. I'm going to be speaking a little bit on that topic uh, here today of giving ourselves unto the Lord. It has been a long day. I'm not talking about my day. I'm reading my lesson now. It's been a long day. And Jesus was weary from the travel and sat down at a well. Perhaps he had not been there long when a woman arrived. He asked her to draw him some water. She didn't know who he was, but she knew who she was. I'm going to pause there for a moment because it's important for all of us to know who we are. Even if we don't know fully who he is, it's important for us to know who we are. And we're nothing just sinners that are saved by grace. We need to understand that she knew who she was, and according to protocol, he should never have acknowledged her existence. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter number 4, starting at verse number 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, acts drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee. Now, I'm going to pause here for a moment again because I love reading the Bible very slowly and articulating and understand what we're reading. Make sure that you understand the context of what Jesus is saying. He said, if you knew the gift, everyone say gift. That is a singular term. It is not a plural term. If you knew the gift of God, all right, that is important to understand because there is a gift that we need that is from God it is known as the gift of the Holy Ghost when you receive the gift singular of the Holy Ghost then you can operate and move in the gifts that come with the Holy Ghost but if you don't have the gift singular of the Holy Ghost you cannot operate in the gifts that come with the spirit of the Holy Ghost amen so he said if you knew the gift of God and who it was that said unto thee give me to drink thou wouldst have asked of me and he would have given thee living water the woman was still not quite grasping who was standing before her she definitely did not understand what he was offering her jesus patiently explained to her that the literal well before them could not could only offer physical water but he could give water that generated everlasting life John 4 and 13 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
it's likely she still didn't understand the finer points of the spiritual significance Jesus implied. But his offer was too good to pass up. The woman said unto her, sir, give me this water. Then the story gets even more interesting. Jesus told her to go get her husband. Whether she was guarded, defensive, or dismissive, the woman indicated she did not have a husband. With this statement, Jesus revealed supernatural knowledge that she had five husbands and wasn't married to the man she was living with right now. Wonder set in as she realized only God could have known the intimate details of her heart and her past. This is why it's important for us to operate in the fivefold ministry. It's important for us to operate in the fivefold ministry because there are certain things that take place within the fivefold ministry where God can reveal things to people, whether they are a believer or a non-believer. Let's remember the example of when Jesus called Nathaniel. He called Nathaniel, and Nathaniel says unto him, How did you know my name? Jesus said unto him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. And so this unnamed woman was so excited to have encountered Jesus, she left her belongings to go back to the city and tell everyone about him. She was so elated about her revelation that she urged them to come see the Messiah for themselves. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 4 verse number 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith unto the men, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? So I want to talk for a few moments to everyone on this simple subject that you have here, the power of sharing your testimony. This is a kingdom principle, sharing your testimony. The answers are going to be up on the screen here as you follow along. After Jesus transforms our lives, he wants us to tell others about the hope we have experienced. He is able to minister to people as we testify, as we testify to them about what God has done in our lives. Let's look at the book of Mark, chapter number 16, verses 15 and 16. You'll see it up here on the screen. The Bible says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned and then verse number 20 says this and they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following so god will work with you when you share the gospel of jesus christ you're not alone God will work with you and there will be signs that follow. It is important to understand this. Don't worry about the signs. Let God take care of the signs because we are not the miracle workers. God is the miracle worker. That's why it doesn't bother me. I can lay hands upon every individual in here as long as I'm laying hands in the name of Jesus Christ because now I'm taking the authority off of me because I have no authority without the name and now I'm putting everything on the name that has the authority. That's why everything we do, the Bible says, whether it be in word or in deed, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when you lay hands upon someone, don't go in there 
questioning whether God's going to do it or not. It's not your business whether God does it or not. It's up to us to just obey what God tells us to do. And when we do things out of obedience in faith, you better believe God will have signs following because you have validation on your life. I, I know it's not Sunday, but I feel like preaching here in a little bit. We ought to clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify the name of Jesus. Amen. Someone say testify. So since we too are called to follow Jesus, just like those first disciples, we have been chosen to share hope with others. When we experience something good like a great bargain, uh-oh, or a special place to eat, uh-oh, or good news about something in our family, we share it with everybody. You don't hesitate. You find a sale, you're posting it everywhere on social media. Matter of fact, they have, they have coupon groups. They have bargain groups all over social media. Y'all know when the sale's going on. It will alert you on your phone. And, and, and you know, I, I, there's, there's, there's some folks, and uh, it, it's amazing how a lot of women can get by with this more than men. And, you know, you can give a woman $100. They'll, they'll walk out the store with 15 different outfits. <laughs> they will have 15 different outfits. I'm like, you give me $100, I get two shirts. Amen. <laughs> I'm talking about two good shirts, right? I can get the $10 ones, but you know, those are, once I wash and dry them, they don't shrunk. I, I, you can't use them anymore, right? So we wear the same shirt for about, you know, a year straight without even washing it, but we just don't tell nobody. We just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. I feel good. Let's go to church, somebody. Let's go to church. Uh, Y'all know I ain't lying. You know I ain't lying. <laughs> you give me $100, I can get two good shirts. You give a woman $100, they can walk out with 15 different dresses. And they'll tell her, girl, I got it for $15. Target, girl, Target. <laughs> they testify. They testify. They Target, girl. I know it. It look good, don't it? All right, let me get going. You'll tell everybody about it, right? Listen to what Jesus said in John 15, 16. Let me read the Bible. <laughs> get us back focused. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And look what he says. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father, how? In my name, to go to some it, 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 oh my, he may give it to you. I just love it because that word going, if we were to look at that word a little bit deeper, that word going there that the scripture uses talking about go, 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 go and bring forth fruit. The word going does not necessarily mean that you have to go to some distant country and minister. To go and bring forth fruit may be just sitting at a different table at lunch and making a connection with a coworker who does not yet know Jesus. It may mean explaining to friends why your life is changing. Going may mean building a relationship with a neighbor for weeks or months or sometimes even years just to have an opportunity to share your story and the gospel. That's what going means. Just make friends at your school, on the job. The Bible says he that winneth souls is wise. Because it takes time. 
You may have to build a relationship with people and help them in maybe many natural needs before you even tap into the spiritual. See, that's why oftentimes we, we fail at soul winning because we don't want to take the time with people. But you better believe someone took the time with us. Uh-huh. We're still taking time with each other. Amen. Someone took the time with, with us. It, it is important that if we have received it, that we should share it. We should go and bring forth fruit. So it, it is important to understand that. There's a value in your story. We must understand every one of us has a story. Skeptics may resist religious teaching, but no one can deny the value of your personal experience. So sharing your story may be the key to reaching someone with the gospel. Let's go back to the book of Mark chapter 5, verses number 19 and 20. The scripture says, and it'll be up here on the screen for you, verse number 19 in Mark chapter number 5. The Bible says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. The Bible says in verse number 20, it says, And he departed and began to publish it in Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Oftentimes when we say, And the grace of God, the miraculous things of God take place, they would want to follow Jesus. But then Jesus will say, no, I need you to go back and tell other people about what the Lord has done. I'm telling you, there's nothing more attractive than changed people. There is nothing more attractive than you want to know why people are attracted to SCC. It's because of our love. It's because of the genuine spirit that is in this place. And it's also changed people. Mm -hmm. It's changed people. That's what attracts people in here because they see changed people. They see something different and say, well, if God can do it for you, then maybe he can do it for me. And they see something in you and then say, well, then if God can do that for you, then maybe he can change my life too. Maybe I can drop this habit as well if God is able to do it for you. And it goes both ways here now. Let's flip, let's flip it on the other side of the coin. If God can keep you out of that, then maybe God can keep me out of that. Because I also need a younger generation to see a generation that never went into the world, but God kept them from the world. I didn't get a lot of amens right there, but I'll amen myself right there. Mm -hmm. it, it, it goes both ways. They need to see God can pull you out, and God is also a keeper as well. He, he'll, he'll also keep you out. He'll, he'll keep you. I remember when my sister, I can talk about her because she doesn't go to this church. And so I remember my sister went to go get one of those female checkups and they had to check, you know, that area. Uh, and so, and, 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 and though they were checking that area and they, they asked, they asked, they said, um, um, are you sexually active? And she said, uh, no, ma'am, I'm not. Okay. So my sister was probably 17, 18, 19. I don't know how old she was at this particular time. She said, no, ma'am, I'm not. And then the doctor looks at her and then looks at my mom. And now, now I wasn't in the room. I'm told this story secondhand. And so, and she looks at, and she looks at her. And she said, it's, it's okay. You, you can be honest here. Are you sexually? She says, no, ma'am, I'm not. So then a doctor goes a little bit further. She excused my mother out of the room. Can you please leave us for a moment? Well, my mama said, no, <laughs> I'm not leaving this room. And my daughter is still a virgin. See, people still don't believe in that stuff. They don't think that's even possible. But I'm telling you, there's still people that keep themselves holy and pure and maintain their sexuality. And they wait until they're married like the Bible says. 
that's still true. That's still real. I know we don't see it on TV. I know we don't see it a lot. And people don't just jump up and testify about it. But maybe we need more people testifying about God has kept them out and they didn't go into the ways of the world. All right. So there's value in your story. So tell it. Tell it. Tell it. This kingdom purpose is about cultivating relationships with people to lead them to Christ and then to help them continue to walk with him. It is not a difficult object. You do not have to stand up in your shopping cart in the middle of the grocery store and start preaching the gospel. You can. Please don't have on I Love My City, Star City Church, sir. <laughs> Jesus said... <laughs> I'm like, delete the video. Please delete the video. Somebody, please don't share that. And if you want to know where to go, it's right here. My pastor's name is Eddie Robinson. <laughs> no, I do not need to care about that at Walmart or at Target. Okay, no, it's, it's okay. You don't have to do that. Uh, I done lost my place, praise God. <laughs> Where am I? It is simply about being intentional with every person God places in your life. You, you ought to circle that, underline that. That is so important. It's about being intentional. Can I help somebody here in the spirit right now? Can I help somebody that really wants to walk out of here being a soul winner? Wake up every day, say, Lord, lead me to the person that's hungry for you. Lead me to the person that is hungry for you. Because sure, our show spent a lot of time with a lot of people that had no hunger at all. But boy, when you come into somebody that's got a hunger for God, it's like the words come out of your mouth and they're just eating it up and they're ready for their life to change right then and there. All right? Lead me to someone that is hungry for you. No statement is as powerful as he did this for me. And I know he will do it for you. It is powerful when you say, this is my story. What did he do for you? Tell everyone you can. Tell it every chance you get. Tell it over and over again. You should never get tired of hearing your own story. Amen. Your story can be the message of hope that unlocks someone's change as they meet Jesus. Why? Because there's hope from his story. While our story is a bridge that opens a connection between what God is doing in our lives and wants to do in someone else's life, we must also share the story of Jesus, the gospel. It's the gospel message of how Jesus came to save us by dying, being buried and resurrecting from the dead to redeem us is the ultimate hope for all humanity. The Bible says in the book of Romans, look what Paul says in chapter 1, starting at verse number 15. He says, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth we cannot be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ 
My friend, this is not in your notes. This is just something that the Lord has been dealing with me about personally. I am persuaded, I am fully persuaded that we must preach the full, complete gospel of Christ. We cannot preach just we cannot preach it halfway. We cannot just preach some of it. We must preach the full gospel, the complete gospel of Christ. And I am under the persuasion that we cannot sugarcoat it and we cannot water it down. Don't sugarcoat the gospel. Don't water down the gospel. Afraid that people are going to reject you. No, let, allow them to reject God. We have to tell them the truth. Start, start with grace, the grace of God. They have to understand that. They have to know and accept the grace of God. They must believe. They must confess. They must repent. There must be water baptism. There must be spirit baptism. There must be faithfulness. Then there must be endurance. It is important to have all of those steps. I'm going to repeat those things because it's important to probably write all of those down. These are important key steps when it comes to the complete full gospel of Christ. Belief, confession, repentance, water baptism, spirit baptism, faithfulness, and endurance. It takes every one of those. It takes everyone. And if you stop along the way, you're not living out the complete gospel of Jesus Christ. If you've repented, that is wonderful, but keep on going. Don't, don't stop there. If you believe in him, if you confess out of your mouth, keep on going. I'm glad for those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and they confess out of their mouth that he's their personal savior, but you still got to repent for your sins. You still have to repent. You still have to repent and ask the Lord to forgive you for your sins. And after you repent, then you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Because if you only repent, you still got dirt. You still, you still have the sin upon your life. Repentance doesn't remove the sin. It's water baptism that removes the sin. Repentance just acknowledges that who you are, just like the woman at the well did. She knew who she was. She acknowledged who she was. She was ashamed of who she was. When Jesus revealed who she was, then she realized this must be the Christ. See, that's why we repent, because we realize who we are and we need a Savior. Are you with me? That's why it's important for us to repent, but then we also must go down in the name of Jesus Christ. But even when you've been down in the name of Jesus Christ, please don't stop there because there's more for you. There's more for you. There's more for you. Don't, don't, don't stop. Don't leave the church. Don't say I'm good and, and everything is all right. I, I've given my life to Christ. I've been baptized. Oh, my friend, there's more for you. Jesus said you must be born again, but he gave it a process. He said you got to be born of water and the spirit. Or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So don't water it down, my friend. You got to let people know. You got to believe. You got to confess. You got to repent. You got to go down in the name of Jesus Christ. And you make sure you let them know it's in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how our sins are washed away. Don't allow them to do it any other way. If they've done it any other way, you say there's more for you. You got to go down in the name of Jesus Christ for those sins to be washed away. And God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You will hear yourself speak in another tongue. If I've got a witness in here, if anybody that's been down in the name of Jesus Christ been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we ought to take a moment and say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Okay, now that we've shouted, you still got to be faithful. Yeah, we don't get too many shouts off that, praise God, but you still have to be faithful. And you have to be faithful in every area. Because there's an endurance race. It's he that endures until the end. We got to keep on living. We have to keep on believing, keep on trusting. So it takes all of that. That's why the book of Romans chapter 6 verse number 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk how? In newness of life. The story of Jesus Christ, his story is a divine love story captured in the familiar verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to this now. The desire to love and be loved in return is considered by most psychologists to be one of the most basic needs of humanity. What greater message could we share with someone than to let them know they are loved beyond measure and without condition by the God of the universe. And if you don't think you're able to witness, God has given you power to be a witness. We can all share our personal story and we can learn about the gospel and share it with others as well. Scripture promises that we will receive special power, special power to be witnesses about God when we receive the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Acts chapter number one, starting at verse number eight, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. First Peter chapter three, this is a good one that we need to also be able to memorize and quote. We can quote pretty easily Acts one and eight, but we need to be able to quote just as easily first Peter three fifteen. Listen to what the words of 1 Peter 3.15 says. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Everyone say always. You see what, see what this Bible says? It says be ready always to give an answer. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That's powerful. We ought to be ready at all times. Good day, bad day, terrible day, right side of the bed, wrong side of the bed. We have to be ready at all times to be able to give an answer. Why are you like this? Why do you come to work so joyful? Oh, help us, Lord, there. Why is it when you're going through certain situations, it seems like you're always thinking on the positive side? Why are you always singing? Why are you always in your word during lunchtime? Why are... The Bible says we should always be able to give an answer for the hope because I have a hope. That's why I, I sorrow. Yes, I do sorrow. Don't, don't, don't think I, 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 I'm just living on some uh, remote planet and, and I don't have a sense of reality. No, I sorrow, but I don't sorrow like you sorrow because I got a hope. I have a hope in Christ Jesus. I know that this world is not my home. I, and I understand that. I, I, I can see that now. God has given me a, a hope. I have a hope in glory. And I'm able to give an answer 
for that no matter who asks me at any time. The good news is, is that we don't have to do it alone or depend on our own abilities to fulfill the special purpose. God has given us the power and authority to be a witness. It is not just for those who have what some would deem special gifts or anointing. It is for all of us. Acts 1 and 8 makes it clear that with receiving the spirit comes empowerment to become more effective witnesses. With that empowerment comes a unique spiritual sensitivity that leads us to people who are hungry for the gospel. It is in empowerment to influence the people with whom we share our story and his story. When you receive the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, you have what it takes to be an effective witness for Christ. So my brothers and sisters, go share the story. Go tell your story over and over again. I want to challenge everyone here today that Sunday nights should be an opportunity for you to invite everyone to come to church. We are one of the few churches in this city that have a Sunday evening church service. We are becoming one of the few even in the UPC. That's a, that's a, that's a message for another day. We are one of the few churches in the city that has a Sunday night church. So your friends that you invite and they say, well, I'm going to church. They can go to their church, but they can come here on Sunday night, though. There, there shouldn't be a service more pumped up than Sunday night church. I'm challenging every person here today to bring someone to Sunday night church. Ask God to lead you to someone that is hungry. Ask God, I'm talking about this week. Ask God to lead you to someone that is hungry for a change in something in their life, and I want you to bring them to Sunday night church. Because many places don't have church on Sunday nights, and trust me, there are people looking for a Sunday night church. Mm -hmm. Every time I open up my mouth and say we have church at 10 and 6.30, they say, oh, you got church on Sunday night? I don't know of many places that, that do that. I would like to come visit there on Sunday night. I go to my church on Sunday morning, but I can come there on Sunday night. I say, that's wonderful. You go ahead and clap your hands and whatever you do on your Sunday morning, your church, you can go through the motions. But when you step into this house, into this Holy Ghost filled anointed place, when you step into the presence of an almighty God, you have no choice but to walk into a presence, into a place where you're going to feel something different. And shame on us if they walk in here and feel the exact same way that they felt at their church that they went to on Sunday morning. But on Sunday night, they should walk in here and say, whoa, there's something different in here. There's a change in the atmosphere. There's something that is. I've never felt this before. Never felt this before. I'm not, I'm not sure if I can explain this, but there's got to be something different. I'm telling you and I'm challenging you to go share your testimony. Go invite someone here to Sunday night church. Amen? I, 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 I'm, I'm challenging everyone that is here today. I, I, I'm telling you, that should be an opportunity for all of us to invite people to church. Because I don't know about you, but 
every time we come to the house of God in here, whew, how wonderful and glorious it is. I love our, our Wednesday Bible classes. I feel the presence of God even right now. I, 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 I love our Sunday morning services. But boy, you come to our Sunday night church services. I, I wish I had a witness in here right now. I'm telling you. That Sunday afternoon, I try to get a nap in, you know, uh, because I know y'all going to work me over on Sunday night. I try to get at least an hour and a half rest. But when I come back to Sunday night church, y'all come in here with the energy. And when I get this microphone, I can't help myself sometimes. But we have great church. But it's because of the goodness of the Lord. That's why. It's all because of him. It's all because of him. And that's why we cannot be afraid, neither ashamed. I'm trying to push someone here to go to that next level in him. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. God has brought you out for a reason. God has done changes in your life and, and brought you to this place in your life. Share your testimony over and over again. Keep telling someone God is able to do it. I wish I had a few teenagers in here that would commit to themselves right now and say, you know what, pastor, I'm going to share my testimony. I'm going to become more used of God in that area. I can get someone to come to church on a Sunday night. I can do that. I, I wish it just would be a ripple effect right now that just starts from the front row and just goes all the way back to the back where people have a, a made up mind and determination because some of us, many of us haven't invited someone to church in a long time. And, and I'm telling you, there's a rejuvenation when you invite someone to the house of God and they show up to the house of God because you just don't know what can take place and what can happen uh-huh you, you just have have no idea what can take place it's a kingdom principle it is an expectation that the Lord has of us to share the good news of what he has done in our life and I'm going to share my testimony and I'm going to share what he has done and what he's able to do